have embraced this thought that, you know, life is too short, right? Life is very fragile. And I remember myself having some of this thought um, my early 20s. Life is way too fragile and short to like, you know, stress over the small, small stuff. All right. I am here today with Hernan Geraldo. And Hernan is the VP of Customer Experience Operations with Bark. Bark is our first tenant at Gravity. And we are thrilled to have you guys here. It's been awesome just to see the culture and the team you've got running around bringing our project to life. And uh, you and I keep kind of passing in the coffee shop. Yeah. And, you know, I know we've got a lot of friends in common and, and I've, you know, heard a little bit about your story and journey and excited to hear all of it. Appreciate so uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been the last six months here at, at, at Kaufman has been, has been amazing. I think uh, for what it's worth, that didn't know there'd be so much potential in, in finding that right partnership with, you know, quote unquote, a landlord. So, so thanks for, for building what you guys have built. It's really, really amazing to be part of it. Ah, cool. Thank you. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that and how kind of um, what you're doing at Bark, but, but I want to back all the way up to the <laughs> beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have something in common that I don't think you know, which is I was also born in Miami, Florida. Oh, wow. There yeah. you go. And uh, I didn't live there very long, but right. I've got um, some, some roots there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I know you were too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I was uh, born in Miami Beach, Florida, I guess before it was cool, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it's not, you know, in the, in the late 70s, obviously it's uh, Miami Beach wasn't uh, what it is today. But um, I lived in Miami until the age of nine. But I think some of the, some of the moments that kind of really started to define my life really early on is that seven days born and I lost my, my father. So... Mm-hmm. My father uh, unfortunately passed in a in an accident, car accident, unexpected, unexpectedly, and that kind of left my mom, which is a has always been kind of a tremendous role model to me and super influential, to raise a newborn and a a four year old kind of from the start. So, wow. yeah, um, and you know, fast forward uh, until she met my uh, my now. Who I call father, which is you know my 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 not my biological father, but he's the the man who kind of kind of really set a really great example of great work ethic and you know uh, char- characteristics of the man that I aspired to be. Mm-hmm. Um, she met him when I was three, and uh, yeah, that's those two individuals are absolutely absolutely very influential in my life of who I am today. Mm. Yeah, uh, incredible. So. Let's um, let's unpack that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know profound. I'm sure you know has really been a heavy influence you in you. Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. So, um, your is it brother or sister that you have? A, you have one older sibling. Correct. I actually have um, two older brothers, an older sister, a younger brother, and a younger sister. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, grew up with uh, essentially. My older brother, my younger brother, and my youngest sister. I didn't really grow up as as much as I'd like with my my, my oldest siblings, if mm-hmm. you will. Okay, so but your mom is um, left seven days after childbirth. Yes, with these young children. Yes, um, 
can you tell me anything more about your father's accident? And I'm, I'm only asking, yeah. you know, out of kind of curiosity and how this landed with your mom and your, and sure. your siblings. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as far as the details I've heard and what I've understand from it is, um, he just died unexpectedly, uh, something like he was driving back from a, a, a work opportunity. He was kind of an entrepreneurial and, and he was coming home late and had a really bad accident somewhere in Hialeah, Florida, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're familiar with. And, um, and it kind of started, I think, kind of some chapters in my mother's life where, you know, uh, you know, life really challenged her to kind of be a very strong figure. You know, in her background, she actually moved from Puerto Rico to Miami to, to, to attend University of Miami to, to become like a, a nursing student. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then she met my father and, and uh, unfortunately she was dealt with some of those cards later on. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of the, growing up, I hear some of the stories where, you know, people, um, you know, we obviously had family that, my, that lived in Puerto Rico and my biological father was Colombian. So we had some family in Colombia that was trying to kind of give her a hand, but you know, once the loss happens, you know, people move on and, you know, she was kind of left to kind of work, work things out a bit. <laughs> as you, can yeah, imagine. I mean, you know, I know you've got young children yourself and, yeah. you know, to, to think about, you know, what that must be like those, those days after childbirth are difficult ones, right? It's amazing. Yes. Um, you're not sleeping. I mean, you were an infant and yes. you needed, you know, a lot of care. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, morning and and I'm shocked you yeah. know I mean yeah pretty uh incredible and so tell me you know um and I'm curious kind of if I mean obviously you were too young to have memories of of, of this but you've I'm sure talked about it with your mother have you talked about it you know what it was like for her at that time yeah you know she's she hasn't really and kind of it's kind of one of the difficult things for me she hasn't really dived into that as, as much as I would like. And, um, but one thing I has always been amazing to me is that she really holds kind of the memory of my father, like really, you mm-hmm. know, really in high honor and uh, always has nothing but the posit- the best things to say about him. Kind of see her light up a little bit <laughs> when she talks about him, which mm-hmm. is even after, you know, 40 years, it's kind of amazing to see. But other than kind of sharing, you know, kind of the kindness of, uh, her friends, you know, kind of being there and helping her navigate these waters with two little kids. Uh, and while she was trying to like, you know, work and, and, and put food on the table, it, it was pretty amazing to see my, uh, my godparents um, kind of giving her a hand mm-hmm. here and there, for, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but also heard stories where, you know, my, my, my big brother, uh, Carl, which is a great uh, big brother to me, um, kind of helping a lot with mm-hmm. this, you know, l- little baby kind of uh, uh, crawling around and he had to grow up pretty quickly as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I reflect on it, um, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm opening this about this. I don't, I didn't really open up about this type of stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. I mean, that's, but that's why we're doing this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so did you move to Puerto Rico soon after, or how long were you guys? Um, in Miami? I was about uh, ten or eleven years old when okay. when we moved mm-hmm. uh, from Florida, Puerto Rico, and uh, kind of the the goal was again pursue more opportunity. Um, so essentially, lived in Puerto Rico, uh, which was a little bit of a funny enough. Uh, it was a little bit of a culture shock because um, you know 
Here I am. Like all I know is, even though there's a great deal of like diversity and um, like Latino influence um, in Miami, it was it took some adjusting to right. And then, kind of one one of the things that still kind of I think about today is the kids in school like kind of never fully fully embraced me as like a you know Puerto Rican kid. It was like, oh, there's he's a kid, he's an American guy from the states. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, so in that in that regard, it's kind of funny. Kind of the, the as I think back to you know being in the seventh or eighth grade and kind of acclimating to that, and you know trying to like accelerate my own learning, like how to like read and write Spanish. I spoke it fluently, obviously, but never had the need to really like read and write it. Um, so that was, uh, it, it took a little bit of getting used to, but after I kind of found my way, it's kind of the best, some of the best times of my life thinking back to living in Puerto Rico and, and up until when I decided to, to come to the States. I was about 18 and, and I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to kind of pursue something a little uh, uh, a little bigger than Puerto Rico for me, at least. Yeah, and and so before we kind of get into you coming uh, to the back to the states, yeah, you said that your stepfather, your father, really, yeah, yeah, you know, and I can relate to that. Um, he came into your life at at age three, correct? Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, how was that for you? Um, you know, you didn't really know anyone else, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, did you kind of? Uh, ever feel anything uh, different other than this was your father? I mean, how much you know? Kind of did you know as you were in those early years yeah. about um, you know your dad and and stepfather? I don't know if if you called him father, stepfather, yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. I think no. is kind of interesting. Yeah, great. Yeah, great question. So, you know, I'm 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 very grateful to say that I he always treated us as his own kids and his own like. Uh, biological kids, if you will. And so for me growing up, he was my father. Um, I, you know, interesting enough, my my mother somehow, I don't know the specific time, but she always uh, made sure that, I, that I, we knew that, you know, obviously um, we also had a biological father that, that we lost and he was a, you know, a, a great man. But that was, it just felt really natural to me. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I guess the only times that I kind of questioned a little bit more what was my biological biological father was like was when my father was like a he's kind of a very strict he's a disciplinarian and you know he would probably tell you he didn't he didn't have a ton of love and 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 comfort in in his own upbringing so it was hard for him to relay that to us mm-hmm. and as a and as a child or as a teenager growing up you don't quite understand that um, as an adult I understand it now but sure. there's tough moments there where I kind of like really question like oh wow like a, you know kind of like kind of dealt some tough guards. Mm-hmm. But now as an adult, I'm like, okay, it all kind of clicked and it made sense, you know, w- w- what was what and mm-hmm. why. And and that's where, like, again, I'm like, wow, I'm so, so lucky that I had this, you know, these two great parents that had this amazing work ethic and, um, you know, never had this mindset of like feeling sorry for yourself or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I owe him a great deal uh, in many ways, but those are one of the things that are very influential to me. Yeah, and and, you know, I can certainly... Uh, relate to that. I have a, you know, somewhat similar story. And uh, I I guess, you know, for me, I know it was a process to kind of come to that understanding. Was that just a natural, like, you know, uh, maturation process and, and then like being a father yourself? Or how did you go about kind of, you know, really coming to embrace what happened? You're right. I mean, yeah. those are some tough cards. Yeah. Uh, 
but you know, you you seem to have really uh, embraced it and kind of chosen to to see it as as beneficial. Yeah, um, it's a great great question. I so growing up again, it would you know, there's there was as a teenager, you know, a bullheaded teenager, didn't quite understand all the decisions that were being made or why. My parents were kind of overprotective of me. Um, as a parent now myself, I totally understand. But I would say that level of, um, or that type of upbringing, if you will, just I think create a lot of the values that I hold dear today. Like again, like being a, a humble person, regardless of what your success has been, and and kind of seeing my parents helping helping others. Um, so, just quick background on my parents. You know, I kind of grew up in a in a mechanic shop for 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 a lack of a better term, and uh, they were very always a very entrepreneurial and very hardworking. And but also, I've seen these moments where um, they're like also trying to be super like compassionate and help people that were in need because our our gas stations were were were, were you know and not in the ritziest areas of part of town. <laughs> so so I think that's always kind of been a um, a natural kind of gravitation for me. To, Based on that influence, but to answer your question, I I do think like over the years I just have embraced this thought that you know life is too short, right? Life is very fragile, and I remember myself having some of this thought um, my early twenties. Life is way too fragile and short to like you know stress over the small small stuff, right? And um, people that are around you that are influential, life is too short that that they need to know like. How you feel? Um, they, they, if they need to pick me up, be it through like positive words or encouragement or a hug, uh, you you should do that, and you shouldn't hold back on those feelings. Uh, and I'm very different than a lot of uh, <laughs> my family members. They're a little more kind of colder and 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 not as kind of um, affectionate. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird sometimes. Some point in my my life that was just kind of very very real to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, to hear you kind of describe your parents, you know, in that, um, and your father, you know, in this kind of, you know, disciplined, strong, strict, right. Um, you know, your persona, the way I've experienced you is really not that. (laughs) I mean, even right now you can smile and you seem very, you know, kind of, you know, gracious and warm, uh, you know, (laughs) and, and so, you know, I wonder because, you know, for me, I, I have some beliefs around these things that you know we're all kind of born actually that way. Mm-hmm. That we're we're wired for love. That we're born pure and mm-hmm. to you know be at peace and happy and create. Um, it's actually an interesting debate I just had with my 13 year old. They were <laughs> studying this in class, and I think it was his health class where they were talking about whether or not. Um, actually, I think it was in his history class. If uh-huh. we're, if we're born to be uh, kind of pure and and loving and and create you know from that place yes. or if we're wired to be in survival mode right um, you know and and there was an argument that you know was being laid out for them in a class that you know that's why we cry all we <laughs> yeah. want babies cry they want food they mm-hmm. care you know that you're wired for survival mm-hmm. I, I tend to believe otherwise and you know I'm kind of curious you know in in your case, could have gone either way, sure. right? I mean, there was definitely survival mode, like sure. day seven, right? Yeah. Um, but yet, you know, and, and then a lot of data for you along the way that would, you know, maybe lead you to believe that, 
you know, the kind of strength and the discipline and the toughness, you know, is, is the way. Sure. Um, but, but that's not who you are, no. right? It doesn't seem to be how you live, no. Um, <laughs> no. you know, and, and so how has that been to really kind of, you know, honor the way you naturally are? Was that, was that a struggle? Is that, has that been a process? I think, um, you know, I think it's liberating when you're just kind of true to yourself, right? And, you know, if you're, if you're, walking around pretending to be someone that you're not, you're always going to, sh- it's, it's, that's very exhausting within itself as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, as I think about my, my, my relationships with my family or my friends, um, you know, uh, I, I don't have like a, a huge circle of friends either. Cause, cause again, I, I, I want to be very true to that. Uh, um, you know, I, there's a lot of people that I, that I work with and I, I'm obviously very friendly with and, and social, but these relationships are so important to me that I, 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 I want to be my authentic self and kind of coming back to like honoring yourself, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, what I'm, what I'm kind of hearing is that like, you just have made this choice. That's how you want to live, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. the other way is just uh, harder or right, not as fulfilling. But you know that, uh, and it might have just been that simple for you. For me to kind of live into who I really am because of my upbringing, upbringing was really difficult. Mm. Like it required me to do a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of like yeah. settle into that. And so, you know, I'm just curious, you know, if, if for you, this was just natural and felt kind of like the most authentic way to be. I, I think so. And uh, again, I, sometimes I reflect whether or not kind of hearing about like profound loss early on in my life, mm. it, it, how much does that influence how I am? And having a bit of that, I think having a bit of that void of not knowing like who, in part, who my, my, my what my father was like, mm. right? Um, about two years ago, I lost my, my an older brother, which again, a big, big heavy hit. Um, I think those experiences just, just for the, for, for whatever reason, just really reinforce just being, I think we have a responsibility to kind of leave, leave this place a little better than, than how you found it. And, and, and I think the way I do that is again, through like these, hopefully these really meaningful and authentic connections I have with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind, of, it's kind of part of my fuel. And I think so a lot of us can relate to this, you know, doing good is, Doing good feels good as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, a, like a quick interaction with someone and you leave them with a, a smile on their face, that you know you, it kind of does something to you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of part of my my drive. If that if, if that resonates, yeah, definitely. And you know, I'm I'm I, I don't want to you know play armchair psychologist <laughs> yeah. here, although you know I do like to do that. <laughs> um, it's kind of how I'm naturally wired, but. You know, <laughs> I would. I it wouldn't surprise me if you know having this loss at such a young age really did kind of get ingrained into you in a way that feels very natural. Yeah, and and probably is very natural. But to kind of have this constant reminder that you can keep accessing that you know life is short. How do I want to live? Who am I? I don't want to yeah. spend. You know, you you kind of got that. You know, at the beginning. Yeah, um, I think so. And, and do you think about that? I mean, do you, do you kind of reflect on that kind of, even if it's for a second? Um, I, I think about it um, every day. Yeah. Like, so when I lay my, my head down, I, and I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever consider myself like a religious person, but I, I make a point every day when I lay my head, I'm like, God, I'm so grateful for the, for today. 
uh, regardless of how challenging the day was. Um, also, as as a parent, as a as a new as a new father, it really you know, I you know I've had a lot of adventures in life, and and I've been lucky enough to accomplish some things. So I think as you look at a checklist, I'm like, oh, okay, I've, I'm 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 pretty lucky. I've, I've done some things, but even more so, like my motivation is to you know hopefully support my girls to to have like a great great life and and do my best to kind of. Um, Part in them things that I that I that I think are really great values. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of part of my motivation now, if you will, just kind of uh, as you as you kind of savor each day or moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned you know not having um, a, you wouldn't consider yourself to be a religious person, no. um, but but do you have um, some kind of faith or spiritual worldviews that have kind of come out of your life experience or or kind of. Where do you um, kind of connect into, you know, something greater than yourself, if you do at all? Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, I do. You know, have my uh, you know conversations with with with, with God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I try to find my moments for that. I you know I won't, I won't say here like I take half an hour to meditate or anything like that a day. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, a bit more hectic, but I but I tr- I truly do aspire to kind of be. Someone that, if there is ever that moment of judgment, that I can feel pretty pretty good with, kind of my quote unquote body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but but more so, again, am, am I am I behaving myself? Am I being someone that my my friends and family can be proud of as well? I think mm-hmm. is a, is a big influence. And you know, at the end of the day, can you know, can can you go to bed sleeping well at night, knowing that you you know you did your 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 best as a human being, not necessarily as a as an entrepreneur or as a business person, but like, you know, how, how did you interact with, with other people in, in their day? Mm. I think that's really important. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, my wife often kind of talks about just the simplicity of how you are in the, in the everyday, which, you know, can be pretty impactful. A lot sure. of times people are focused on, you know, kind of changing the world, but, yeah. you know, doing it that way Absolutely. Is, is pretty damn important. That really resonates. So, um, you come to to Columbus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, tell me a little bit about kind of oh boy, Puerto Rico to, to <laughs> yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, well, some adventures there. So um, <laughs> I laugh because it was uh, a significant culture shock for me. Um, I think even more so because how my first couple months were. Um, so essentially. I decided to move here because my I had a cousin that came to Ohio State for school. My then my one of my my older brothers moved, and uh, at that point I came to visit in the summer. I was like, "Wow, okay, this yeah, this sounds like somewhere I can uh, get really excited to to, to move to." And, so, and I have to ask because I've lived in Columbus most of my life. So. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always kind of amused by that, you know, like, well, especially because Columbus didn't used to be what it is today, <laughs> right, right? Right, you know? right? Ohio State didn't used to be what it yeah, is today. Yeah. Um, so, like, what was it that, like, you know, really, you know, kind of grabbed you? <laughs> that's a great... It wasn't the mountains and the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. So, you know, gr- growing up in Miami and in Puerto Rico, you, you kind of get used to paradise, right? You, don't, you probably don't realize it then, but like, oh, you know, the beach is there, fine. Uh Year-round warm weather, ah, that's mm-hmm. you know, it kind of kind of loses a little bit of its uh, of its uh, luster, if you will. But how about blue skies? Does that, <laughs> right, that, does right. that get old? Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't didn't quite jump out at me then, but uh, anyways, I so I 
we choose we choose Columbus because, or I choose Columbus because it was a big campus, and it was everything that I've seen at least in 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 TV. Like, oh wow, this great big campus, and all um, majority of the the schools that are in Puerto Rico uh, just kind of smaller campuses, and you know. For me, I wanted a little something a little bit more adventurous or, or different, if you will, and um, and so Columbus just felt right uh, as, as far as that. And you're right; it wasn't nowhere as exciting as it to, as it is today. But the kind of joke on me, uh, which I laugh about, is when I finally ready to move here, my brother moves to the country. He lives in this uh, this town called Utica, Ohio, which uh, was literally. You know, cornfields in the in the backyard, cornfields in the front yard, and I was like, "Oh, wow, this is this is different." So that's kind of the, the start of some of the kind of the, the some of the character building, as I, as I like to call it. So I had to learn how to. I moved. I moved like in December, like the middle of winter. So I had to learn how to drive a stick shift and drive in the snow at, <laughs> at once, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, the school that I started going to was Columbus State because uh, I hadn't built residency yet in, in, in Ohio. So I was trying to build my residency first and mm-hmm. save some money on tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so character building moments where, you know, driving, you know, driving an hour without learning how to master driving in the snow or, uh, or stick. <laughs> and I, and I had these moments where I'd call home. I'm like, Oh mom, I'm like, I think I'm ready to come back. <laughs> this is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she gave me some good tough love. He's like, Hey, you're, you're there. Let's come on. Let's make the best of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Keep your keep your chin up, uh, and in her words, kind of like you know, <laughs> she'll probably be embarrassed to hear this, but like man up, like mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. stop stop whining. Mm-hmm. We, we've we've sent you there, come make the best of it. Yeah, and that that I was like and some some encouraging words, if you will, <laughs> that sure. I needed to hear. Right, um, and that was kind of the start of just me giving uh, giving Columbus a, a chance, if you will, mm-hmm. and. Um, after about a year, I had a chance to uh, get into Iowa State, and uh, that was a, a big struggle uh, as well, um, just to getting acclimated on a, this humongous campus and um, you know struggling on on some occasions in school, and to a point where I you know I don't tell much people too many people this, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you for some reason, <laughs> got to a point where I, I got the letter uh, like academic probation. Mm-hmm. I was about to flunk out and get kicked out of school, mm-hmm. and that was like oh wow. This is a, a moment of like, we need to buckle down and, and focus on work. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I turned it around and got on Dean's list a couple of times and, and, and it worked out for me. Good for you. That's <laughs> yeah, a good success yeah. story. Yeah. But, but were, you, were you struggling based on the kind of um, oh boy. transition yeah. to Columbus and, and you know, an entirely new world? Or were you partying and having fun and in kind of finding college and life? <laughs> You know that way. You know what was it that yeah, was kind of good. holding you back? You yeah, know, obviously you're smart enough to to you know <laughs> perform. Yeah, good good question. Um, I, I do think the it was a it took, did take me a while to kind of find my groove and get acclimated. Um, you know the schoolwork was a lot harder than 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 what I've experienced before, and I don't think I was super well prepared to be honest with you. Secondly, I was struggling with like a, um, a long distance relationship <laughs> for my high school sweetheart, sweetheart at the time. And that was super important to me um, sure. and struggling with, you know, that, that heartbreak after, you know, after the, the breakup and like trying to dealing with that. So, you know, uh, there wasn't, a, there, you know, there's some partying, right? Uh, but not, not a lot. I think there's other things going on that I was 
trying to like do my best at. And did you have some sense as to kind of what you wanted to do or where you wanted to kind of go professionally or were you just um, here for an education, you know, kind of piece by piece? Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, if you, it, it's funny when my parents tease me with this, like when, if you would have asked me when I was like, six years old, what did I want to be? I'd probably tell you a police officer. And then when I was, you know, 10 years old, I'd probably tell you a police officer. Um, so I studied criminology and sociology at Ohio State thinking that I was going to get into some branch of law enforcement. When I graduated by that time, I, I thought maybe the FBI or something. And, and, and you know, there's, um, I quickly realized I was going through these different um, processes that this may not be the right, the right fit for me. I just remember, for example, remember vividly taking the, these uh, entrance exams for um, a correction officer. And some of the scenarios that they would play was, okay, so if, you know, inmate so-and-so does this, what would you do? And my response was very, very friendly and kind of like, no, thank you. I can't accept a gift, but thanks so much. And the right answer is like, you know, I had to be a lot more firm. And like, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a moment of realization. I was like, oh, geez, I, I don't think I'm in the right Maybe field. I'm not yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that was um, that was a really uh, big moment of realization in terms of like where my career was going to head. Um, but as a through college, I was doing customer service, mm-hmm. and you know, my my coaches or my 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 supervisors at the time were telling me, you know, give, give, gave me good compliments. And I for me, I just thought, okay, this is a good part time job. You know, has has good benefits and flexible schedule until I get through college, and I'll go f- pursue my quote unquote real job. But probably the best thing that ever happened to me because that's, that's the career I chose once, you know, it was really clear to me that law enforcement wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And what was it that was allowing you to be successful that even, you know, kind of in this like college time job, you know, something that you're looking at, you know, what, without thinking this is going to play out the rest of your life, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. getting good feedback. You're obviously <laughs> yeah. good at it. Yeah. You know, what was it that, you know, if you could think back, you know, maybe you were just unconsciously doing it, but, but still you were doing something right. Yeah. I, you know, at the time I thought it was just kind of, I had this really strict upbringing of saying please and thank you and excusing myself at the table. And uh, if you would have asked me at the time, I would have just told you manners. I just had like the right, like, you know, disposition for it because my parents were so strict. But now as I reflect on it, I just think, I was I maybe had the right values, like just like very humble to like to trying to help people and and uh, and and trying to like work through tough conversations because kind of being the recipient of that through like my own upbringing, I think influenced me a great deal. And then another thing I would say, you know, being having having the experience of seeing my parents and how they would manage customers or ask us to help with customers, I think also influenced that. Um, you know, I, a lot of my summers I'd, I'd spend, you know, um, cleaning, you know, windshield uh, and, you know, interacting with customers and my parents reminding us, hey, make sure you say, you know, good morning or, or, or good afternoon. So that, I think that a lot of that started, that influence started really early on. And I, I part of me, part of me says I'm um, really successful at this because of that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I kind of often wonder, and I'm sitting here thinking about it as you're talking, you know, that, that, you know, we have these life experiences, these influences, we get, you know, attached to things, right? And, you know, in my case, that was so true for me. And 
I felt like it served me really well, you know, got me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a certain point, I realized that it wasn't necessarily serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, you know, there was elements of it that I could keep, right? Sure. And, and choose, you know, how to use it. So, for example, you know, that kind of tough upbringing, that mm-hmm. strong focus on discipline and manners, right? I had that too. Mm-hmm. Mine was, you know, a bit probably uh, overboard, but it allowed me to really know how to handle myself professionally and, you know, kind of navigate things and sure. people, right? Yeah. Um, which which turned out to be kind of a superpower, except that like, you know, again, it wasn't necessarily who I truly was, right? right? So I'm kind of like curious just to hear your thoughts on 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 all of that. You know, it, it's it served you well, mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of curious, like how much of, of it do you feel like is, kind of brought forward from your past mm-hmm. or how much of it is kind of now, you know, you consciously choosing, you know, what to access and then what to create on your own. Right. I, so I would say, I would say again, kind of being true to who I am and how I carry my day to day, especially in the, in the position that I am, that I, that I'm responsible for like uh, um, a large amount of people right, right now, our, our team at Bark, is around 500 people um, that I'm responsible for. And I, I kind of ask myself, like, what, what environment am, am I trying to create here for our team? And kind of what, what example am I trying, I'm, am I trying to set for my, my, my leadership team and other team members? And we start with the values. Um, I, as I think about those values, I, I, I do think those, that's kind of the values that I really celebrate as a, as a, as a human being, not solely as a... Um, a VP of CX ops. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there's, there's some influence that happened through my upbringing, but I, I do think that the majority of who I am, it's because it's kind of being true to, to my, my core, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Totally. Um, it does. And I believe that. And I want to, I want to really uh, get into kind of the work you're doing at Bark, but I know there was some some learning along the way. So you you know come out of Ohio State. You're yeah, dean's yeah. list now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So couple, and you've got some good work. Couple of quarters. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and you do what what used to be and still is to some degree, but but really um, was in part how this city was built. You go work for one of the limited yeah. companies, yeah. Uh, limited brands, L brands now. Absolutely, um, you know, was a real feeder for a lot of high state students, a lot sure. of people in Columbus in general. Yeah, um, you had an opportunity to learn there. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of how that impacted you. Sure. So I would say I was very, very lucky to kind of come across some. Uh, the title, their titles were like supervisors or leads or managers, but they were just great, I think great mentors. And uh, I'm very grateful that they kind of believed in, in me and kind of a, you know, an 18 year old kid just arrived probably with a really thick accent <laughs> from Puerto Rico and really believed in me and gave me a shot. Um, so super grateful for, for those, those people early on that were just kind of kind. Um, and that left an impression on me. Um, and so, and very patient, right? Uh, you're 18, 19, you probably say some really silly things. And, you know, the majority of my coworkers were a bit older than I. I think, I, I think from, the, from the get-go, I just had a really great appreciation for like just being able to, to, to work there. And 
even though um, I, I, the impression I get, some people say, oh, customer service, it's pretty, pretty like a generic job. Um, but at the time for me, it was just a, as a kid, you know, um, just arrived from Puerto Rico, just really excited for the shot. Um, and, I was, and I was set on trying to, trying to do the best with that, even though I knew it wasn't going to be my career. And, and um, at the time, at least I didn't think it was going to be my career. So um, I think, I think it, it, for some reason, it was just kind of like, wow, this is my shot to really, you know, um, pursue, pursue my, my goals or my dreams and have a really great job at the time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and it kind of um, solved for all that, right? I mean, it was, it yeah. was a great experience. Um, you had some success. You were there how long? Wow. Um, I'd say eight, eight years. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I, I took about a, two years off from, from school. So yeah, I'd say about eight years total. And then I, um, I was, um, after I, I knew I wasn't, uh, going to pursue law enforcement. I, I was thankfully promoted to, um, like a lead role, which is essentially like a junior supervisor, just mm-hmm. coaching, coaching, uh, other customer service team members. Um, and that's when I, th- I, I felt there's like, oh, there's a, I really, I really enjoy like mentoring and coaching others and like teaching them how I would relay that experience and, and kind of seeing, um, seeing a little bit of, you know, my success and, 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 and how they grew as, as, a, as individuals or professionals, which mm-hmm. is really cool to mm-hmm. find or discover early on. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. It's such a fulfilling thing to be able to do and to be able to do that inside of your work is really absolutely wonderful. And, and I know that you took some time off Again, uh, yeah. This time with your wife, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, at one point, uh, Venus, my, my my amazing wife, um, and I were like, okay, we've we've accomplished, you know, uh, a lot in our careers. Um, we don't have any kids yet. You know, we have what's kind of some of our dreams, and um, that that dream for me, at least at the time, was like, I want to travel the world. I want to go. I want to go have adventures and experience new cultures and people. And so uh, she was really shocked at first <laughs> that, that, I, that I, would, I would pitch that and see that as like normal. Um, but going back to that philosophy, like life is too short. You got to like really, got to really like enjoy and be true to yourself. Um, I was kind of persistent with that, with that thought. Uh, and until she, she agreed and uh, it was June 13, 2013, we, we, we started our trip. And so we placed our careers on hold and um, we, we saw about 40 countries slash territories in a year's time. And, and it was and amazing. What was the, was it, was it planned? Did you have a new <laughs> sense of what you were doing, where yeah. you were going? I mean, yeah. 40 countries in a year is, yeah. is, is not nothing. So. Yeah, I know it was, uh, it, a lot of it was planned, but you know, life, life happens. So you have to you definitely have to adapt to that. I, I spent maybe a, we spent maybe about a year just kind of looking at just general high level, like these are the places we want to, we want to visit and win. Uh, this is a time that we think we want to spend there. But as you embark on the trip and you like, and you uh, get sidetracked by, you know, weather or, you know, a good example of that is um, we were one night, we were in Istanbul, Turkey. The next day we're actually going to head out to Nairobi, Kenya. And there was a, a unfortunately a, a, a ter- terrorist act, mm-hmm. and we just didn't feel super comfortable in visiting at the time, given kind of some of the, the chaos. Um, 
So we changed our trip to uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. So, mm-hmm. so, so some examples of that, mm-hmm. um, just kind of almost uh, some serendipity to it, but yeah, kind of influenced a lot of our trip throughout, throughout that year. Yeah, and, and so tell me a little bit about kind of the serendipity there. I mean, um, not necessarily with that particular, sure. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, kind of looking back in hindsight on that time, yeah. um, you know, kind of the learnings and the, um, you know, the synchronicities that, you know, kind of uh, you can reflect back on as, as special, uh, you know, now. Uh, you know, I, as I think about moments of that trip, I was really... I think you hear some of this out there in the in the world, but to the live it was really amazing. Kind of the kindness of strangers, um, and how another example I could share with you. And forgive me if I'm getting too detailed here, oh, but no, this is great. Uh, we were in we did, we we were in China, and we we caught this overnight bus um, uh, to this smaller town, and we'd arrive like at two a.m. and we were kind of looking at our phones trying to find our our hostel and we didn't have, at the time, we didn't have um, the right internet connect connection. So we were struggling a bit. And um, this cab driver that was just arriving, I'm sure from a really long day, was parking and he offered to help us. He just, I guess he was going to his, to his home. Um, and so he was kind of enough just, just, we were struggling. I don't think we would have ever found this guest house if it weren't for this gentleman that, that decided to help us. We obviously didn't speak the same language. We always showed him was our, the address. He was kind of enough to like, Call the hostel, and uh, the the person from the hostel actually walked, which we found out was like five minutes away to come get us. So just kind of like the kindness of strangers, just helping us out. They could have easily said, "I don't want to be bothered with these two at mm-hmm. two a.m." Mm-hmm. Um, but moments like that throughout the trip it was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. this is pretty amazing." Um, uh, and you know, seeing seeing places that uh, seemingly don't have like the same. Um, commodities that, that, that we would have just still like super happy and celebrating life and kind of potentially um, celebrating the right things right? Mm-hmm. that, that we should all do a bit more. Mm. That was really, um, a really, com- a really impactful and common theme that she and I saw throughout the trip. Mm. Awesome. So you, um, you know, take that really important time and come back, you know, with all that perspective and, uh, Go to work, I believe, for a mutual friend of ours um, in a startup. Uh, oh, Jack Threads. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So actually, um, forgive me. I I I was at Jack Threads before. I I took. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but so. um, yeah. My time at Jack Threads. Th- that's in part why that decision was really really hard to make to to mm. put our careers on hold and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, working at Jack Threads, which is. It, at the, for me, it was kind of like my dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really loved working in the kind of startup startup environment where everybody was really encouraged to be entre- entrepreneurial and and kind of. Well, and was that something that you you kind of desired as you as you kind of transitioned out of Limited into Jack Threads? I mean, you know, that was what year? So um, after the Limited, I. Worked at the Gap for about four years. Okay, big, big, sure. big corporate environment. Um, after after the Gap, I went to go work for DSW, mm-hmm. which um, that's when I think kind of I got bit by the entrepreneurial spirit, if you will, because um, a really key person in my life I, I met there, which was my boss and now one of my my closest friends, Antonio. Um, he 
essentially hired hired me and this other gentleman to to help launch their first contact center operation. That's the time when DSW was going to go on launch their e-commerce site for their first time. That was two thousand seven. Okay. Um, and so the ability to kind of build something out of out of scratch, essentially, and kind of really influence much more than process or operation, but the culture that you you could be really proud of and how you interacted with team members, um, how team members interact with customers and kind of build that, build and define that brand voice was, was really addicting to me. And, and I didn't, I didn't realize how, how much fun that was as a more junior kind of person. Um, yeah. So you got a taste of the startup <laughs> yeah. inside, you know, kind of a much larger corporation. Yes. Yes. You could really sense that like that was something that you felt drawn to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that was um, amazing. And that's where, when I got the call from Jack Threads, um, I was like, wow, this is a perfect match. This, this is, this is a brand that I can get really, really excited about. This is, um, you know, leaders that I really believe in and uh, like really, um, I can be really proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, some some corporate environments, you know, some executive team members are just little untouchable, right? They're just, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of, um, feel, it would feel really weird if you just approach a CEO in a big corporation and say hi, unfortunately. Right. Um, and I find, I found with like Jack Th- Threads and Bark, uh, you know, that fills me with joy that, you know, our, our executive team can be so accessible and, mm-hmm. and so real, if you will, and, and seemingly so, so, so genuine. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about Bark and, sure. and you, know, you joined Bark. It's five years ago, right? Correct, about five years now. And and Bark was was a company of how many people? Wow. So there was really no one in Columbus. I was the first hire in Columbus, technically. But I want to say in New York, we probably had about thirty people. Yeah, and, and so thirty-five. Yeah. What was it about Columbus? Were they were they looking to come to Columbus, or did they find you? you know, tell <laughs> me a little bit about kind of how um, Bark Columbus became a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so the the person who I work for, uh, Mike Novotny, he he had he had served he had served as an advisor to Bark for many years. He's he's been friends with uh, Matt Meeker, our CEO and founder, and so I think that was the start, quite frankly. And Mike and I worked together at Jack Threads, mm-hmm. um, and so when it got to the the point where Bark recognized that they they needed to look outside of New York to scale their CX operation. Columbus was number one on the and on the map in part because of Mike and in part because I, I was already here and I'd fortunately we we Mike and I have have created enough trust amongst each other at that point, but still the the deal wasn't done right we had to essentially socialize this great business case and and bring the the founders to Columbus mm-hmm. right and show them what what you know what we're raving about mm-hmm. so uh, it was a really proud moment um, so I remember remember I remember picking up the founders from the airport and just starting to drive them around. And kind of one of the, the jokes I cracked was like, hey, do you, hey guys, do you want me to stop here so you can take a picture of the skyline? You know, visitors <laughs> right. from, from New York City and right. they had a good chuckle about that. Right. And so um, so right off the bat, I'm, I'm kind of uh, driving them through, you know, the short north, through campus, uh, the Franklin Tenary at the time. And they're like, oh, they're, 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 it's kind of clicking. You can see in their, in, their, in their eyes, it's kind of clicking. And to reinforce you know, all this retail presence that we we do have in town. And um, I think that was uh, a, a lot of what kind of drove kind of this comfort to like consider uh, Columbus as our, our second home. 
And I also showed them some, some office spaces and they were, they were obviously very amazed. But I think at the core of it was kind of the, the people who they had actually had a chance to meet at the time. That was, I want to say, April. And so by June, we kind of got the sign off to like hire our first class. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we started to kind of really, you know, kind of validate this, this, this inkling that we had that Columbus was a, a great, a great uh, place for Bark to grow as we brought these, you know, these team members on and they, they showed like the tremendous results that they can bring in the upside. Yeah. And, and so today, Bark is how many people in Columbus? We are th- about 380 team members in Columbus. Wow. So uh, that's pretty significant <laughs> in a, in a yeah. relatively short amount of time. Yeah. And, you know, using all of that experience mm-hmm. and the life and your work experience, tell me a little bit about kind of how you have built this organization, this, this group in Columbus. And I, I know it's not you by yourself, but, yeah. you know, it starts with you here. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in large part, you know, you've really, set the tone, the culture, um, used all of that experience. So tell me a little bit about how you've done that. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm still kind of pinching myself as, as I think about uh, the last five years. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, I, I was at the core of it. I was just really, really trying to hire some like really just good, authentic people. And, and it's, for me, it started with the, the our values. Um, you know, we, we do believe in kind of assuming good intent. We do believe in being humble. Uh, we do believe in in being accountable. Um, so for me, there's also an element of what we call kind of does the person have the candidate as we bring them in? Do they somehow display like a servant's heart? Um, and I know for some people that sounds a little weird, but when you interact with them, do you do you get a sense that they do find joy in, in trying to serve others? I know that might um, vary from from person to person how that you know essentially materializes, but I, I think for me that was kind of the the intangible for me as as we were we were starting to build like our early teams and trying to build that foundation of what the future was going to come, um, and not not compromising on that because um, let's all admit it, right? We don't not not every hire you're going to get it right, but you know having I think a great deal of conviction of what what you think is right for your culture and kind of the, the, the broader good and having, if you will, the courage to sit down with somebody and give them some honest feedback. If, if it's not a good mutual, mutual fit based on those kind of values, right. Or, or the type of work you're doing. And so I, I often tell my team, it's just like, you know, you're, you're, it's like a garden. You're, you're tending to your garden and, you know, the most beautiful gardens you've probably seen around where it's taken a you know, years and hours of work. So it, this is a nonstop um, path for us as a, as a leadership team and as a team in, in general. Um, so it's a lot of work, but, but, I, but I feel like we've, uh, we've, we've come a long way in the last five years. Yeah. And I, and I see you, I see you, you know, in downstairs at Roosevelt and coffee shop, you know, with, with your team members. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you're, you know, my story is at least that you're, you know, kind of, Taking people down. Hey, let's have coffee. Yeah. Let me buy you <laughs> yeah, a cup yeah. of coffee. And yeah, yeah. What is your kind of day to day look like? You know, kind of how do you, what are you focused on, and 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 how are you uh, spending your time? Good, good question. Um, it it really does vary depending on what's going on in the business. But my north star in general is, um, you know, how can I, how can I support my team? What what do they need to be successful? Right. So. 
I think some some management style or leadership style where you're you're driving a lot of accountability and like, hey, are you working hard enough? I think for me, I'm trying to like be as accessible as I, as I can to make sure I'm removing as much of obstacles and providing as much support for the team. So day-to-day really does vary, Brett. Uh, but um, I would say, uh, like right, right now, uh, the holiday season, right? We're putting in long hours in, in the office, but also at home. But making sure that I'm super sensitive to our team not burning out as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Making sure that if, if, they, if, if they need some time off uh, or if they need... Uh, you know, kind of a, a laugh that I'm there to kind of be, I'm not, I'm not opposed to kind of making fun of myself as well as to kind of bring some smiles in the environment. So, so I'd say, yeah, I, I'm really kind of con- consciously trying to evaluate the energy of, of our team and like seeing where I should be a little more present than others, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, just knowing that you love your children and your wife and um, your team and your work, uh, curious to hear a little bit about kind of where you fit in and all of this, you know, um, not that, not that you don't love all of those things yeah. and that's who you are, but yeah. you know, do you have any other kind of, um, personal disciplines or hacks or, um, things that, you know, you do that kind of help you show up for everybody the way you do? Hmm. Wow. That's a great question. I, um, you know, I, I think I do kind of stress, stress, stress a bit about like, you know, I have this close friend of mine. Have I connected with him in a bit? Um, I, I, I do think those relationships care. I, I, I do really care about them, I should say. In terms of hacks, wow. Um, I, I think I'm always striving to be a better, I, it's very aspirational to me to be a better friend, father, son, brother. I think that's constant for me. So I maybe puts a little bit more pressure on myself to be accessible, um, you know, maybe some people, uh, I think, um, not sure if that's a hack or if yeah. that's like, the, well, I mean, yeah. you know, hack, you know, might sure. be kind of a trendy yeah. way to be tackling life. You yeah. Know? But, um, I think, you know, it can also be another way of describing just, um, the way that you live. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's, you know, a lot to be said for, just prioritizing those few things that mean the absolute most to you and appreciate that not having um, a whole lot else to you know really um, spread you thin yeah that's that's like a great way to take care of yourself which is just kind of what I hear you know you doing yeah yeah definitely some good self-reflection I think as as I go to about my my, my day mm-hmm. and making sure that I'm Prioritizing you know, these people that are that to me are like really important, like mm-hmm. be it my team or, or my family or my friends, and again trying to be genuine with with each of those interactions. Um, I think it's easy to kind of get caught up in the the race of the day, and sometimes you kind of shortchange mm-hmm. that. But kind of centering yourself and making sure, like, okay, this person, you know, they, they might not get a lot of time with me, so let me make sure that that this moment counts, and um, and making sure that I can. I can do my best to make their, their day a little better. Tell me, go forward from here. What's the, uh, what, what's kind of up next for you or what does the future look like? I know you got to get through holiday season, so it <laughs> yeah. might not um, yeah. be much further than that. But, you know, tell me a little bit about kind of what um, is, is lighting you up 
about the future, both either personally or professionally? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say personally, I'm, I'm trying to get a little healthier, trying to get back into you know the gym, just during this CrossFit gym that I'm kind of excited about. Great. Documenting everything I eat and drink. So it's kind of cool to kind of get into that rhythm, which it's made me feel a lot better. Only like uh, almost three weeks in, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Felt feeling a lot better. Um, so just adopting a, a healthier lifestyle. Secondly, uh, again, a lot of my focus outside of work is just, again, being a, a, a good partner to my wife and, and, a, and a good father to my kids. As far as my, my, my friends, again, just, just make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm there for uh, those people that I feel like have been really um, important to me and, and you know, drive accountability with me and, and um, are a, a, a good venting, uh, kind of a, a venting opportunity when, when, when I need to find a little release. Same to my parents. Sorry, I'm going really deep. I feel like I have yeah, to say this. Great, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just being, being a, great, uh, a, a, a great son or a better son. Professionally, a lot of exciting things happening at Bark. And, and again, I'm so, so grateful. And I say to myself, I'm so blessed to be here. Um, work with some really just great people that really believe in what we're doing. And that, and that makes it so much fun. We're starting to do some, some cool things where we're um, helping other brands with their like experience. And that's been fun to kind of reach out to other leaders in our in our CX space and and helping them with some of their early on pain points that we probably have lived through and and can and can support. Um, but yeah, just um, do my best to keep up uh, with the demands of 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 Bark as we grow and we we have all these ambitious plans come up and and being the best leader that I can to 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 our team um, and. And, and get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's, that's what it takes, right? Well, yeah, I think that's right. A good leader needs to know when to do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And if you've got a great team, sometimes yeah. uh, you know, that's all that's necessary. That's right. And it's been great having you guys here at Gravity. I know you were voted earlier this year as one of the coolest offices in the world, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah. Was it Inc. Magazine? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was fun for me. <laughs> I, I don't, I, yeah. I, knowing that you know we had... Um, uh, somebody in our building and yeah. community that was getting that kind of an accolade and your amazing. space is beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, it, it seems like you guys have really settled in, and it's been um, you know, great for for both of us. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, we've we've been here. Uh, I, I think, oh goodness, uh, eight months, <laughs> um, and it's been it's been amazing. And I, we, you and I have had conversations about this, but just the overall mood of the team and, um, you know, as you walk into the space, how it just really, um, I think it elevates your spirits, if you will. And, and it's, we've, we've had so many visitors from New York. We've even hosted a, a board meeting here where like our, our board members have said that and visitors are like, it's just like great energy to the space, mm-hmm. um, which makes me really proud, obviously. And as I think back to kind of our humble beginnings, uh, you know, five years ago where I was interviewing candidates in a coffee shop all day mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, refilling, refilling on coffee, you know, we've, we've come a long way and it's really cool to see come some recognition. Um, yeah. And even uh, one of the most uh, dog-friendly offices ever <laughs> by Fast Company. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Right. Yeah, kind of yeah, cool to see. Yeah, it's really, it's, you know, again, amazing. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's been awesome to have you guys uh, in in this community and, and setting the tone in a lot of ways, and 
love seeing you grow and expand. And, you know, I believe that that good organizations and good human beings are really what's necessary to change the world. Mm. And, you know, seeing how you are using your entire life. Mm. And, you know, for me, and 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 you know, I'm not sure, you know, how you would um how you would um describe this. But, you know, in hearing your story here, I think it's really clear that you've used your entire life's experience <laughs> to um, lead the way you are and that it's making a difference in a lot of people's life. And it's making a difference in this community. And it's, you know, the way that we need to, um, you know, go about our work uh, and and make a difference in the world. So well, I appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate you. Thank, thanks. Those very kind words. Thank you so much. Humbled. It's uh, been great to have you here. Likewise, it's been it's been it's been great being here and spending this time. I I, I know uh, we see each other in, in at Roosevelt's quite often, so it's great great to sit down and just catch up. Yeah, appreciate that. And any final thoughts? Any anything you want to plug? Where to find you <laughs> or Bark or anything else? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, you know, if you're a if you if you're a dog lover or a dog parent, um, and you're in Columbus, if you want to stop by and say hi, happy to walk you through our offices. Um, from a personal standpoint, again, life's too short. You gotta, you know, try to leave it a little better than how you found it. And and uh, as you said, right, you know, one action at a time, it we will make the world a better place. So yeah. that's, that's that's all I have. And 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 just in parting, you have to um, tell me and tell our our listeners. Uh, how many dogs are coming through Bark <laughs> on a daily basis? Oh boy, that, that varies. You know, we've um, on a minimal basis, probably 20, high, high side, maybe 50. Mm-hmm. But it depends on like, what's going on. We've, you know, we've had community events where I was dressed up as Santa last week doing pup pics with Santa. <laughs> so I had about maybe 50 dogs sit on my lap <laughs> and take pictures with me. Yeah. So it, it, it depends on what's going on. But Somebody yeah. once told me that, you know, for the, you know, 300 and some employees, there was like 200 and some dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's accurate. You know, yeah. uh, some, some dogs, it's a little too much stimulation to kind of hang out all day. Like yeah. my, my dog, friend, Chili, she's, she's a five-year-old husky. She's way high energy. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, she's probably a little better at home so I can get some work done, but yeah. Well, I've got three dogs myself and- Wow, yeah, that's um, awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> and and yet, you know, I don't know that they'd be uh, capable of coming to work all day. <laughs> right. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they're eventually going to um, crap out and take a nap, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of barking that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. So anyway, <laughs> awesome. Love Thanks it. again for doing Thank you. this. I appreciate it. It was great having you. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Brad. Cool. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak.